evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Here's some bracing news we never expected to report. Black Lives Matter is now more popular than the president of the United States, and not slightly more popular than the president, much more popular. A survey this week by Rasmussen, a right-leaning pollster, found that 62% of likely voters now have a favorable opinion of Black Lives Matter. At the same time, Rasmussen found that Donald Trump's approval rating was 43%. That's almost 20 points lower. So, hello and welcome everyone to the People Suck podcast. My name is Cameron and today we're going to be discussing Black Lives Matter and defund the police. But before we get into that, there is a fuck ton of news that we need to cover. Of course, we have to begin with Donald Trump, the presidential equivalent of herpes. The president was released from hospital uh, earlier this week and upon his return to the White House, he went on a tirade against coronavirus for seemingly no fucking reason. Uh, he repeated the theory that coronavirus was no worse than the flu and instructed Americans to, and I quote, not allow coronavirus to control their lives. A bit fucking late for that, if you ask me. Um, he then followed that up but with a photo op in front of the White House where he ceremoniously removed his mask, um, despite the fact that he is currently still infected with coronavirus. He has not been given the all-clear, he has not tested negative, he is still infected, and yet he's removing his mask around his employees. Which, to be honest, it, it shouldn't even be news at this point, but anyway, this is the world we live in. But then, not even a day later, Donald Trump instructed House Republicans to stop all negotiations regarding a second round of stimulus checks for American citizens. Now, for all of you that don't know, the American government back in April passed a bill in the House and then through the Senate in which they allowed for stimulus checks of up to $2,000 to be given to every household, or to every person, sorry, not every household, um, in order to help them through uh, the time of not being able to work as much, trying to get them through coronavirus. Um, his reasoning for telling Republicans to stop uh, their negotiation was so that uh, so they could focus on the confirmation of Judge Barrett to the Supreme Court, meaning that thousands of Americans are now in the position where they can't pay rent or buy food for the rest of this month, and all simply because he just wants his nominee for the Supreme Court through before Election Day. And keep in mind, this just got us to Tuesday. We haven't even begun to start talking about the debate that happened on Wednesday night, which was between the two vice presidential candidates, Senator Kamala Harris from California and the real-life ventriloquist dummy, Mike Pence. Um, the debate was kind of refined and uneventful. There was nothing too out of the ordinary. It kind of gave Americans uh, a small glimpse at what uh, debates should look like. However... There was, yeah, if there was an award for avoiding questions or simply referring back to whatever they wanted to talk about, then Mike Pence um, basically achieved a world record. I mean, I'm not quite sure that he answered a single question that was asked to him uh, during the entire debate. Um, the, but on, on, a, on a side note... He also managed to spout more bullshit during that entire debate than Donald Trump did um, last week. I mean, 
I, I don't know quite how that's possible, but his version of reality, whenever it came to um, his and Trump's uh, record on coronavirus, the economy, job creation, was just, was so demonstrously false. He just spewed so much bullshit that at one point a fly landed on his head and said, yes, this is a nice pile of shit, I shall make my home here. Um, arguably that fly landing on Pence's head was the most interesting part of the debate besides Kamala Harris's constant, uh, jabs at the vice president telling, telling him, Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking, please let me finish. Um, but there were two, there were two major quotes that Pence used that, that I think were a little ill-fitting to say the least. And that was... That first off, whenever he told uh, Senator Harris not to play politics with people's lives, which seems just a little cheap, especially given his uh, boss's decision regarding the stimulus checks. And then also, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not, not your own facts. Which, h- how fucking brazen is that for him to sit on national TV and tell the Democratic nominee for vice president that she can't make up her own facts. Not that she did. I have to admit, the the fact-checking that was done afterwards proved that almost everything she said was some degree of truthful. But at the same time, this is is the presidency that wrote the book on bullshit, that wrote the book on alternative facts, and then they decided, yeah, this is a perfect line for him to say back. Um, there was, there was one warm moment, which I think kind of encapsulated how much backtracking Pence was having to do to basically defend the president, which is when, uh, Kamala Harris went after him on their, uh, record to do with racial justice, which we'll get to, um, in a little bit, just generally, but he then turned around and used the I have a black friend analogy to defend Donald Trump. He didn't quite say the fact that Donald Trump had a black friend, but he stated that Donald Trump has Jewish children and Jewish grandchildren. And how on earth could it, you know, could Donald Trump be um, a racist or a bigot? Which I think is is kind of surprising that in twenty twenty years people are still using that as a defense for their for things that they have said. Not even things they've said in private, things they've said on camera, in public, or put on the internet. But anyway, um, perhaps the, the biggest news of the week, besides the debate and besides everything else, was the, the announcement from the nonpartisan debate committee. The people that organize the debates choose the moderator and also choose where it's going to be located. They announced that due to the rampant spread of coronavirus, both for President Trump and the First Lady, but also for a number of staffers and members of the White House, that the debate was now going to be virtual. And Donald Trump decided that that wouldn't work for him. He, almost immediately after that decision was announced, he went onto Twitter and said the fact that he, if the debate was going to be virtual, he would not be participating. Probably because he doesn't like the idea of uh, the moderator being able to turn off his microphone so we don't have to sit through the shit show anymore. But I think given the fact that um, Donald Trump has decided he's not going, to, uh, not going to join in the debate, we should uh, congratulate Joe Biden on his um, big win. It was, it was rather outstanding. Some of the points he made were almost perfectly true. 
as compared to whatever bullshit uh, Donald Trump would have said. But unfortunately, we now have to leave the um, circus that is modern day news and move to a rather solemn and a rather disturbing topic, the fact that we're, we're in a modern world and we still have to talk about this. But that is the protests and the, the, the support that, that has been raised for the Black Lives Matter movement, um, which obviously was reignited back uh, just before the summer with the death of George Floyd being account- recorded on camera and then the death of Breonna Taylor just not even a month afterward, I believe. Now, these movements have have not only just managed to remain in America, but have also seemed to go international. There's been global support for not just African Americans, but all racial minorities in a number of countries across the globe. And, and I understand why this is the case. I, I understand that America is not the only, pro- uh, only country that has this problem. But it does seem to have the largest problem in terms of racial injustice. I understand that there are a number of nations where cultural or ethnic injustice is rampant and needs to be sorted out as well. But specifically based on racial injustice, the the U.S. is kind of leading the way, which is not something that I'd ever thought I'd have to say. But my take on the Black Lives Matter movement is the fact that it is entirely necessary. Anybody who says that, you know, that, oh, the country is already equal, or anyone who says that all lives matter, I, I'm sorry, you're missing the fucking point. If you turn around and say all lives matter, you, you're gleefully neglecting all of the facts, all of the deaths that have occurred in the US in the last 20 years alone. You know, fair enough if it was an equal proportion between... Uh, blacks being shot and white Americans being shot, then fine, we could talk about all lives mattering. But blacks in America, on average between 2012 and 2020, were three times more likely to be killed by police, despite the fact that they were 1.3 times more likely to be unarmed in any of these situations. So that means unarmed black people were being shot more than any other minority in the country any other any other race of people that's insane T- to make things worse so out of the top 100 largest cities in america eight of them have police forces which have killed black people at a rate higher than the national murder rate When you have a rate that's so high that it tops murder, there's a fucking problem. And the the, the thing that really sparked the Black Lives Matter movement is not that that blacks are dying. That, That on its own is horrific. But it's the fact that initially, nothing was done. And it's the same sort of response where a police officer will be... Uh, will be fired, or will be put on leave, or will be moved, but there's never any charges brought. And a, a study showed that between 2012 and 2020, 
of the officers that were found or that were to have reportedly shot uh, African-Americans in what could be considered unlawful circumstances. 98.3% of those officers were not even charged, let alone convicted. 98.3% were not charged with any sort of crime. To put that in perspective, if an officer was to shoot a black man, he would be more likely to be caught speeding on his way home than he would be to be charged with a, with a crime for that shooting. And a lot of people will turn around and say that it's just a few bad apples. It's just a few bad apples. There are, there are a few problem officers, but apart from that, the police are, are, are good. You know, cops are the people that we're supposed to rely on. But the, the saying is not a few bad apples, oh, let's ignore it. It's a few bad apples spoil the bunch. Hell, if you walked into McDonald's, and there was a chance, there's a high chance that that burger was going to kill you. You wouldn't go to fucking McDonald's. Hell, we'd probably close the fucking McDonald's. We wouldn't just keep it open saying, well, it could happen to anyone. So what's the point in changing it? it, it it's, it's crazy to think that there are genuinely people who believe that, that there's not a, there's not a systemic problem within the police force in America regarding their views and their bias towards African-Americans. And, and their, their bias is something I want to touch on, and it, and it comes down to the form of something we call implicit bias. And it's not to say that you're directly racist, you're not directly hating on a group, but it's just this kind of subconscious thought where you believe that a, a group is is more likely to be committing a crime or an offense than any other. I'm sure we've all seen the videos online from families or black people in general who've had the cops called on them for doing something that they are perfectly legal to do, whether it's swimming at a pool or being in a rich neighborhood. You always have Karens on, on, on the phone to cops immediately because they don't believe a black person should be in that situation. And that's the same sort of problem that you have within the cops, uh, the, within the, the police forces. They see a black person walking down the street with his hood up as potentially a criminal, more so than a white person walking down the street with his hood up. And, and that's something that's kind of been ingrained into police forces since they were created. Police forces in America were created as a way to capture and return escaped slaves. That's that's what they were created for. There were no there were no real police beforehand, and that's what police forces have evolved from. So when you have that as your origin, you know, maybe you should be working a little bit harder than everyone else to turn around and say, okay, sorry. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe you should turn around and say, okay, we there's work that we can do here. But then you also have the issue where now there's such a brotherhood between police officers. There's such a, a, a common belief that you need to have, you know, you need to have the respect of everyone to back each other up and everything that happens remains in the, in the, in the police force where if a police officer reports an incident, then they could end up um, not getting backup. They can end up being hazed. 
just being taunted generally by the other police or completely ignored or even fired. And this is not a common, this is not an uncommon situation. There are a number of incidents where police officers have either been forced to quit or fired based on their, their, the fact that they decided to blow the whistle on an incident involving racial injustice. So if this is the world that African Americans are living in, how the fuck are they not protesting every day from dawn till dusk? How are they not out there losing their minds on a daily basis? And everyone, especially conservatives in America, will now cite that, oh, all of these peaceful protests have now turned into riots. I would be fucking rioting. If I was in a situation where I would be scared to leave the house to do anything that I wanted to do because there's a potential that I could be shot and killed by a police officer, I'd be fucking furious. I mean, why is it that, according to conservatives, a police officer shooting a black man is a bad apple and it's not a systemic problem, but the minute we have a riot in a city based off of a peaceful protest... Every single person that was involved, not even in just the riot, but also in the uh, the protest, they're all criminals. They all had some hand in criminal action. We got to the point in Portland, Oregon, where federal officers were in unmarked cars, wearing, wearing no form of identification, arresting, uh, not even arresting, abducting people off the street in panel vans and then releasing them without charge as much as 36 hours later. That's where we've gotten to, to the point where, in order to stop protesters, you're abducting people as the government to protect a systemic problem? But but going back to Black Lives Matter, what, what they're calling for, and what's really important, is racial justice that if a police officer shoots a black man or if a hero, a, a good guy with a gun, decides to step in in a situation which is entirely unnecessary, that there will be prosecution. That there is going to be, you know, some form of repercussion. That That's what they're calling for. That's the big message. But a lot of major businesses and, and companies have kind of cheapened that. And and I'm, I'm sure as I talk about this more, you'll understand what I mean. But last time I checked, Black Lives Matter is not about equal representation on TV. You know, it, perfect thing to have. But I've never seen an interview with a protester where they said that they're out there because they feel like they there's not enough, you know, racial inclusion on television. That that's never been a talking point. And yet you have companies who are doing the bare minimum to seem as if they are they are inclusive. To try and make sure that none of the anger from racial injustice is steered towards their brand or their company as a whole. I mean, just recently, uh, The Simpsons announced that one of their characters, Carl, would no longer be voiced by the white voice actor who had voiced him since the creation of the show. Instead, they were going to be hiring a black voice actor. 
It's very nice of them to do. I agree with the choice. But stating that you're in favor of, of racial racial justice and then turning around and saying, yes, well, this is our example. We've changed a voice actor on a cartoon program seems to cheapen the message a little bit. Like, nobody was fucking complaining about a voice actor on The Simpsons. And yet that's what they thought their priority was. They just decided that if we if we do something that's peripherally related to the situation, oh, that's fine. Then we're, then we're covered. Rather than donating to people who are fighting racial injustice or starting campaigns or doing anything else would have been better than that. And, and I mean... As far as I'm concerned, once black people stop getting stop getting shot in America, then we can talk about the lack of racial diversity in friends. Not before, not in the middle of it, but after. That that's the only option. There's no there's no in between in this. It, that's the only possible choice. But but moving on to the to the final point of of defund the police. Now it, it it's it's a movement or or a slogan that you you've heard probably countless times or you've seen online, and I just want to dissuade anyone of the opinion that defunding the police means getting rid of the police. If you genuinely believe that, you're a moron. How can you look at a situation and believe that's what they mean? Defunding does not, they're not saying get rid of police. They're saying taking, take away from their overinflated budgets and pump that money into courses to teach police officers about implicit bias and the fact that every black person they see walking down the street might not be a criminal, but also move it into social programs where you have, where they have the opportunity to give have alternatives to a police officer showing up at the the front uh, front door and this is not just to do with uh, racial injustice but this is just in general if you're dealing with someone who has mental health issues or is overly emotional the last thing you need is police officers showing up with guns drawn you need someone who is empathetic to the situation who knows how to escalate a situation that's what we need we don't need more people showing up with guns drawn to situations that are completely unnecessary. But at the same time, there has to be some sort of change on the other side. Because the idea that, you know, a, a black guy with a gun is a dangerous criminal or has, you know, ha- has some sort of criminal intent but a white guy with a gun is somebody who should be either thought of as mentally ill or should be championed. In the riots in Kenosha, following the death of Breonna Taylor, a 17-year-old kid traveled from Iowa to Kenosha with the intent on being part of a militia trying to help police keep the peace. His name was Kyle Rittenhouse, and at 17 years old, with an AR-15, he shot and killed two protesters and severely injured another. 
Yet, when he tried to turn himself in to the police, walking to them with his hands up and his gun slung across his chest, the police drove past him or thanked him for his work in the militia until he explained what had just happened. How fucking insane is that? We had, not too many years ago, Philando Castile in the car with his girlfriend and his daughter was shot and killed by police despite being completely innocent of any crime. And yet a white guy can shoot and kill two people and walk away as if nothing has happened. Now, granted, there are conflicting reports about his safety in terms of, you know, whether or not he was being, you know, attacked by protesters who were trying to get the guns off of him and stuff like that. But you know how you stop that? You know how you, you, you don't end up in a situation where somebody's trying to take your gun off you? Don't be in that fucking situation. Don't go there. I mean, he's 17 for fuck's sake. He shouldn't even have a gun. Let alone be using it on protesters. And you saw the same again with Black Lives Matter protesters where you had a couple who stood on their lawn with guns drawn pointing them at protesters stating that they were protecting their home. It was a peaceful protest in the middle of the fucking afternoon. Nobody was going to jump over the fence and burn their house down. And yet they were championed as this, this upstanding couple standing up for, for what is theirs. Using the Second Amendment correctly. Could you imagine if a black person had stood on their, on their lawn or on, on their, in their garden with a gun drawn pointed at protesters? Do you know, have any idea how quickly he would have been arrested or killed? But by comparison, this couple became keynote speakers at the Republican National Convention in August. How in the fuck... Can people turn around and say that, you know, there's no issue? And that's the same thing that, going back to the debate on Wednesday, Mike Pence stated categorically that there is not an issue with racial injustice in America and that he does not believe implicit bias is a thing. Given all of the evidence, looking at it from a logical perspective, how can you not believe it's a thing? I, I don't understand that. At looking at it, in 2020 alone, police have filed reports in which 831 people have been killed in America. Now, not all of those will have been innocent. Not all of those, a number of them will have obviously have been criminals. A number of them will all obviously have been in situations where it was completely justified. But I hate to think of the number of people out of that 831 who could have been helped through a situation by someone who wasn't a police officer or was completely innocent and ended up dead because of it. And unfortunately, Donald Trump has only made the, President Trump has only made this worse. 
there there's been no there's no been no presidential call for official investigations into any of the of the shootings so far this year hell a grand jury that was supposed to indict officers in the Brianna Taylor shooting found that there were there were no there was no crime that they could not indict them but then when they were when the news spoke to these members of the grand jury after that after the fact apparently it was put forward to them as though indicting them for a crime especially for murder was not an option negligence maybe and and we need to step away from this idea that the police are infallible everyone makes mistakes unfortunately for black americans these mistakes literally cost their lives before i end the show i just want to thank you guys for all of the support that you have given me the i was not expecting uh the first episode to be as popular as it has been but please continue to share the show because the more people that listen the more opinions we have the more in-depth discussions we can create thank you so much for listening and remember the world is fucked and there's not much we can do to change it thank you goodbye <laughs>